eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome again to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of the Cowboys. Joined as always by Brian Broaddus, former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, now co-host of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan of Dallas, 2 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. Also pre- and post-game host for the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And uh, we are honored to be going behind enemy lines with uh, a good friend of Brian's, I know. Uh, we've got John Schmelk here with us. He is a podcast host, reporter, and producer for the Giants, Giants.com. You can uh, find him on Twitter at Schmelk, which is S-C-H-M-E-E-L-K. Uh, John, how you doing today? I'm good, but I'm a little concerned. Brian, when did you release the old cranky scout uh, title from your from your official designation? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, John. You cranky. Know, yeah, you know me better. You can bring that back when we get working on the draft, and I've come right. on the, the, your podcast in the spring. You can bring back the old crusty scout guy that that I've always been with you. But man, thank you so much for coming on with us, John. I mean, it is uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, it, you know, if, if you're listening to this podcast, folks, this man right here is he knows it all about the Giants. He's like uh, Bobby. He lives in the building with these Giants uh, always around him. So he'll give us the insights on on what's going on uh, with this team as we get ready for this Monday night game. Which, John, I guess the uh, the biggest news for the Giants coming into this game uh, is that you are going to be seeing the debut, it seems like, of Kayvon Thibodeau. And uh, you're going to be getting Aziz Ojolari back. Uh, it, it's looked a lot, just Brian and I from watching some of the tape of these first two games, we both noticed, man, there looks like there's some trouble getting pressure with the front four. Wing Martindale's having to bring a lot of blitzes. He likes doing that anyway. Um, but how big a boost is it for that front four that they're going to get their their two pass rushes that they always envision there, Ojolari and Thibodeau back for this one? And frankly, even and when they haven't gotten their unblocked pressures from some of their safeties and corners and they've gotten they've manufactured those one on ones, which is the other point of the Wink Martindale scheme. They haven't been getting pressure either, to be quite honest with you. So unless they've gotten an unblocked pressure, guys really haven't been getting home. So this is a big deal. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari have both been out since the last week or two of training camp. And 
it's important for both guys to get back. The Giants don't have any other guys that can win one-on-one. In my opinion right now, Ojolari is still further ahead of Thibodeau. As a rusher, he had the calf. Thibodeau had the MCL. So, yeah, it's a big boon. You guys know how it works. If you can't get pressure in this league, it's hard to stop people. And the Giants aren't rolling out a bunch of shutdown corners either. Adoree Jackson's a good player. But Aaron Robinson, who is not playing, you know, he's out. He wasn't playing that well before he got hurt. Darnay Holmes has been a little grabby as a slot corner, though he does tend to stay close to receivers, even if it's not legally. And then, you know, you have the the guy stepping in for Aaron Robinson. Is it going to be Fabian Moreau, the veteran, who kind of came in at the last half of game number two? Or rookie Cordell Flott, who got beat by DJ Moore a couple times against Carolina last week and then got pulled for Fabian Moreau. So, yeah, the, the Giants' pass defense here, I think they've caught a break, guys, playing two teams that don't pass the ball well in Tennessee and Carolina the first two weeks. So it's, it might have hidden some of the issues this defense could have this year. So that's one thing if you're the Cowboys, I would keep an eye on this game. Can they take advantage of that? Giants lack a pass rush. We'll see where Thibodeau and Ojolari are and their young secondary. When you mentioned the secondary, John, I mean, is it – you see they, they do give up some big plays – but is that more because of technique or is it more because of the lack of the pass rush? I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest with you. And I've actually been surprised. Wink hasn't played nearly as much cover zero as he has in years past. He's kind of pulled back on that a little bit. I think because of the lack of ability to cover one-on-one in the back end, he's mixed in a lot more zones and things of that nature. They still run play. I think the fact that I think the Cowboys and Giants are one and two in the league in the percentage of time they play cover one. Uh, but the cover zero has been pulled back a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think you have some issues there, um, in the back end and the lack of pass rush. So put those two together. But again, I think they've caught breaks that Tanny Hill and, and Baker Mayfield and the Titans and the Panthers just don't really have dynamic passing attacks to take advantage of that. Do you think, you know, you mentioned Adoree Jackson's been a good player. He, he's been a really stabilizing factor there in the secondary from what I can tell. Uh, your anticipation, do you think he follows CD lamb or do you think they're going to play him on a side? How do you think they deploy Adoree Jackson? Yeah, he followed Robert Woods in week one. He did not follow DJ Moore in week two. So your guess is as good as mine. I would follow him with CD Lamb. Then again, Lamb winds up in the slot a lot, as you guys well know. I don't know if they're going to put him inside. I think they might leave Holmes on him if he goes inside. So I do I do think that's a really good question. I don't know which way they're going to go because they have worked it both ways this year. And I'll throw out, by the way, I didn't mention the two safeties. I should. Julian Love and Xavier McKinney are good football players. They can play all over the field. They're both very smart. They're not going to blow coverages. So they've also, to your point, you, t- you called the Dory a stabilizing factor back there. So are the two safeties. They, they really help out those corners. They're two very good players. And now you have Tony Jefferson, too, and rookie Dane Belton, I thought, played well last week in his first game against Carolina. So they have a crew of safeties they trust, and I think that's really helped the corners. who had a lot, a lot of them lack that experience. John, when, you, when, when we talk about Thibodeau and Ojolari, do they flip sides? Are they are they going to play? Uh, are, are they are they primary right or left players, or do they have a rhyme or reason why they flip sides? Uh, they've been flipping in camp, and they flipped in the preseason game. So I would expect them to play both sides, and that's just Wink trying to cause confusion, Brian. You know how that goes. He wants yeah. guys lined up all over the place, so you don't know who you're assigning to what blocker, who's coming from where. So both guys will play both. More often than not, I'd say Thibodeau will be over Tyler Smith at left tackle and Ozerari will be over Terrence Steele at right tackle, but they will play both sides. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you look at uh, one thing Brian and I seemed to notice was, you know, obviously Andrew Thomas is great. He's been really, really good these first couple games here for the Giants, uh, you know, captain for them. Um, Man, it looks like there's a lot of struggling right now on the interior of the offensive line, being able to stop pressure. Jeffrey Simmons, when I went back and watched the Tennessee game, he was in the backfield almost every single snap. Um, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, wait. I think he actually just sacked Daniel Jones again. <laughs> exactly. No, right. Exactly. He's he, he's still coming. Brian and I have talked a lot about, man, maybe that's where you find some success. You send Micah Parsons up the A-gap. You, you try and take advantage of some of that. Um, is that an area of concern still for the Giants? Is that just a, a place right now where they're really struggling to find an answer on the interior? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Andrew Thomas has developed into a legitimate all-pro, you know, Pro Bowl-level left tackle. He's excellent. That's why you don't give up on offensive tackles, by the way, after one season. Um, yeah. And Evan Neal's been okay. He hasn't been great, but he's been okay. He hasn't been killed out there. I think it's similar to the way Tyler Smith's played a left tackle for you guys. They've had some bad moments, had some good moments, but you see it, right? Now, he also hasn't played an, an elite pass rusher for a lot of snaps yet, so if they put Parsons and Lawrence out there, we'll see. But yeah, one thing, Bobby, we've talked about all week this week on our programming here for the Giants is the Cowboys run more stunts than any other team in football. They have guys yep. moving and twisting and all that stuff. And the Giants have been rotating at left guard with Ben Bredesen and Josh Azudu. It looks like Ben Bredesen is kind of inched in front of the rookie a little bit. He's a little bit better in pass pro. Azudu's done a pretty good job run blocking. You know, Feliciano is your classic veteran center. He's fine, but he's, you know, he's not spectacular. And Mark Lewinsky, who they were depending on, he was their free agent signing this offseason. They thought he was going to be the rock for them. And then last week, he just had a rough, rough game against the Panthers. So, yeah, I think you hit it. I think the one thing, you know, the Giants offensive line coach Bobby Johnson will be working on all week is dealing with those Cowboys stunts and movements inside. They bring Parsons around in those loops. They've been lining DeMarcus Lawrence up inside more, as you guys well know. So, yeah, that I think would be a real issue for the Giants. And when you get guys in Daniel Jones's lap, that's when you might get some mistakes. When you look at though how your quarterbacks played there, uh, John, with the with you know, and 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 you know, I, to me personally, I think that Daniel Jones has some skills. I, I just think that you look at what he's been put through with coaching staffs and then also schemes and things like that. Does he finally have some stability with this group? And it, it looks like to me that. You know, they're trying to do more things that, that benefit him when you watch him on tape. Yeah, look, John Mara said this offseason, Brian, we've done everything we can to mess this kid up. And you're right. All the different schemes, coordinators, a lack of an offensive line. And look, the situation now still wasn't great. The offensive line is better, but it's not where you want it to be. And, and unless they figure out how to unlock Kenny Galladay, you know, Kadarius Tony's doubtful for this game. Who are his big weapons and wide receivers? So the talent around him still isn't ideal. Uh, Saquon Barkley's playing a lot better. That'll certainly help. But, yeah, I mean, I think they are trying to do, make some easier throws for him. They're trying to design some things in the offense to create some openings. And I don't think they've asked him to do a lot. I think they only have four passes that have traveled 20 or yards, in, 20 or yard, more yards in the air this year. Uh, one was a blown coverage to Sterling Shepard. So 
yeah, they're trying to make things a little bit easier on him, let the offense work for him a little bit, and frankly, run the offense through Saquon Barkley. You know, he looks like his old self. I think right now the Giants' offensive line is much better run blocking than pass blocking. And I think, you know, looking at the Dallas defense, if the one, you know, maybe you can run a right at him still a little bit on the inside with those defensive tackles. So I think that is going to be the plan. Again, don't put Daniel Jones into those second and third and longs where you could run into some trouble with all that stuff that Dan Quinn does. Trayvon Diggs starts jumping some routes. And, you know, the thing with Diggs, and I'd love to get your guys' take on this, I feel like he's going to excel against guys that can't run by him because he feels yeah. like he can take some more chances. Yeah. And I don't know if the Giants have somebody that can really run by him. So that's something I would keep an eye on, too, where he's going to be willing to take some more chances this week. Yeah, John, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Diggs is very comfortable with guys that can't. He's okay with the big guy. He doesn't like to play the guy that can double move him and then get, and then now the catch-up speed. You know, you and I talked about that when we did our our draft preview stuff a couple years ago about the true speeds and stuff like that. So uh, let me ask you this, John. Do you feel like the the Giants' game plan then is – we're going to sit there and run the ball. And even if the Cowboys get ahead in this game, still be patient running the ball, just not to be, not to put Daniel in some bad situations there. Yeah. And I think, you know, Brian, we saw it in week one against Tennessee, the giants trailed 13, nothing at halftime. And they ended up running the ball, I think on 60 or 70% of their plays in the second half of that game. So yeah, that's what they're going to try and do. And they're going to hope Saquon breaks a couple long ones like he did against Tennessee at a 60 yard run in that game, a 30 yard run in that game. Last week, he had three rushing yards at the half. They stuck with it. He had 68 rushing yards in half number two in that game. So they are going to stick with the run because, to your point, especially against this Cowboys pass rush and Micah Parsons, they're not going to want to put Daniel Jones in a situation where he's going to get beat up and he can maybe turn into some mistakes. You know, this is not what they've told me. This is just my opinion. I'm much more worried about the Cowboys' defense scoring points in this game or setting up the offense with a short field than I am the Cowboys' offense creating sustained drives down the field. That's just me. Look at that. John doing his homework on this terrible offense. Look at that. that that's <laughs> he knows. He watches this stuff. I, 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 he's not wrong. He's not wrong. No, no. I mean, it's funny. Micah Parsons has told us, told us in training camp, told us at the end of the game last week against Cincinnati, he said, I don't care if the offense scores zero points because I trust we're going to put points on the board on our side of the ball. And so that's, that's their mentality. That's the mentality that they've got to have. I want to ask you really quickly uh, and, and a little bit of, homerism here uh acknowledging this is a guy that I, I hyped up back in his college days and i've known him since all the way back when he was at middle tennessee uh but how big a deal has richie james been for you guys there in new york a guy that when he gets discussed it feels like there's a lot of boy look at that richie james is having to take targets how bad are things in new york to where when i look at the tape it's like man how big has richie james been stepping into this void and, and making some plays Yeah, look, I think right now the Giants are, and we didn't really talk much about the wide receivers, but they're trying to figure it out there. And they've been mixing guys in, just trying to find someone to give them consistent production. And quite frankly, Richie James has been the guy. I mean, he's the guy that they put in the slot. I think Daniel Jones trusts him to always be where he's supposed to be, run the right route, separate in those small areas on the inside. So he's his the guy he trusts, to be honest with you. And the other guy he trusts is David Sills outside. Remember, yep. I think West Virginia, Brian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Field, right. Yeah. He's been all over the place, it seems like. Yep. Yeah. Bigger guy. He was originally actually drafted. Uh, or I think he was undrafted for Asian with the Bills. They cut right. him when Joe Shane was there. So then Shane kept him along when he came to the Giants. And, you know, he he can't run away from guys, but he's a decent route runner. He's got good hands. He's going to settle into some zones. 
But James has been the guy, along with Sterling Shepard coming away from his Achilles. Those are the three guys that they've figured out that Jones can trust a little bit and will always be in the right spot. Though I do think, after only playing two snaps last week, Kenny Galladay will be reintroduced a little bit more into game plan this week. They're going to try to get him going because he's not going anywhere with his contract. So they're going to try to figure out a way to get him activated here. But, Bobby, you hit it. Richie James has been really a godsend here as someone that Daniel Jones can rely on in those third and short, third and medium situations. He's kind of his go-to guy in those spots, to be quite honest with you. So him versus Jordan Lewis in those third and, third and mediums will be an interesting matchup in this game. And then uh, just as we wrap up here, uh, I was given uh, a lot of crap from our morning show over at 105 Through the Fan because I told them I was here in the New York area and I ate at Cheesecake Factory last night. Uh, so, so where do I need to go eat today before the game? There's a million Italian places. Like you can find good Italian in Jersey pretty much anywhere. Um, I don't know any place. We, I think you're in Short Hills, right? I don't know any Italian places offhand in Short Hills, but I'll Hoboken, drive. I'll drive. <laughs> all right, Hoboken. Go to Hoboken. Find a good Italian place in Hoboken for lunch. Enjoy a little lunch. Jersey City, can you can find something too? Go downtown and and get some nice pasta. I think you'll be in good shape. Josh, I'll tell you what. I will say something though, Bobby. In my all my years of scouting, and I don't know if it's changed because I haven't been to the new. I haven't been to MetLife. Well, I have been to MetLife, but I didn't sit in the press box for some reason. I was hanging out somewhere else. But the food at the Giant Stadium has always been the, the press box food. Always been good. Always. Good now I don't know if that's changed, but man, when, if I if I wrote a book about press box food. I would have talked about the Giants back in the day because they they had some they had some really good food. If you have to wait right. around, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do a video breakdown, I guess, comparing uh, Cowboys press box and Giants press box food. Uh, John Schmelk, uh, yeah, Giants reporter, Northeast area cuisine expert. Uh, <laughs> you can find all of his takes over on Twitter at Schmelk. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, and I would not expect the MetLife Stadium food to to rank up with with with. Oh with, no! With what happened? Power. Oh no! Not, what it's fine. It's fine. But you guys, you guys have like the 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 dessert. We have a carving station. Carving station. We're, we're, we're not whipping out a, de- a dessert table or a carving station. We're not doing wait, that. Wait, wait, wait! The mirrors have changed. They used to have it on plates. They used to serve on like real plates back in the day. Way back. Yeah, in no, the no, day. no, 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 no more. Do, All right. <laughs> do, do we at least do we at least get the post game beer like we get in AT and T Stadium? Uh, no, I do not believe there are post game beers, but, but you will get some kind of post game dessert though. Afterwards. Okay. Like I, I think they had soft pretzels last week. So that was, that, oh, that was there pretty you good. Go. There you okay. Go. All right. That, that'll work for us. John, thank you. Appreciate you. No problem guys. Happy to be with you.